Love doesn't lie or expect you to live one. What lies do you believe about love? I'm Zara Hairston, an author and relationship coach who helps mistreated women struggling with toxic attachments to set boundaries in unhealthy areas so they can maintain their personalized emotional growth goals. Welcome to my podcast, What Kind of Love Is This?, where I uncover common deceptions that lead us to accept what isn't even love. Brought to you by ZaraHairston.com. This podcast is not a substitute for counseling or therapy. It is intended for informational purposes only. Hey, Truth Tribe. Did you live in love and the whole truth and nothing but the truth since we last talked? Welcome back to a new week where you can find motivation to move forward stronger. Or try again if that was not the case since the last episode. As a reminder, yes, you're not wrong. You didn't miss it. Episodes do release on the second and fourth Friday. But I did take an episode off last month due to some heartbreaking events in my family. You may have heard me even tear up a little bit about it if you listen to Transparency, the podcast on the end of the latest episode yeah I kind of teared up and some of y'all might feel like well if you're a coach or counselor how in the world could you possibly be moved to tears strong professional leaders don't cry well if you believe those lies I encourage you to get some counseling or therapy because it is a sign of some unresolved issue that needs critical resolve for you to believe that strong people do not cry. No matter what my role is, I like to show the humanity of being a human. See, one of the things social media has created is this false idea that we must only show the envious highlights of our lives. Those things that'll make people jealous or you know, want to compete with us or, you know, to show I'm like doing better than you. And some even pretend they have a whole pretend life online and then their real life looks nothing like that. But y'all know my line, love doesn't lie or expect you to live one. I made that up first. Oh, nobody ain't out there trying to take my line. (laughs) Anyway, so I believe in sharing the details of certain life challenges. Sometimes I may just let you know in general. Other times I let you know in detail. If you've been following me for a while, you know some of my content that goes into detail and when it doesn't. But either way, I do that because in life, we all go through hurdles and hurts, even and especially those who help others. And sometimes I feel like maybe y'all kind of, uh, causes people that are anointed to counsel or comfort or help others um to 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 sometimes go a different route than others might go through so you have the capacity to understand and the empathy to understand what people need when you help them but I digress nevertheless it's one thing to talk about changing our own lives, helping others change their lives, or helping things change in the world at large. But it's another thing to actually 
do that work with real people in real life y'all social media ain't real there's a real life out there with people going through real things and suppress through real circumstances and trials meant to take you out even when there's no camera to prove you did it is unspeakable and sometimes that can bring a few tears to your eyes so I hope that sharing my own humanity in any of my content, whether you heard me kind of tear up on the last episode of Transparency, the podcast, or you've watched my vlogumentary or um, my vlogumentary Unreconciled or anything else, I hope that sharing that humanity, my own humanity, is a reminder of the very real human experience we all live, not just me. We all live, which affects us whether we're a teacher or a student, a follower or a leader, the head of the company or an entry level worker, a coach or a client. And speaking of clients, before we jump into the live for today, I want to update you on my life coaching schedule for new clients. Currently, there is no availability now through October. However, you can submit the inquiry form and schedule a discovery call for late September to be considered as a client in October. I... I always, whenever I'm going to start for a particular month, I usually will open up um, and do discovery calls late prior the month before. So in other words, again, my calendar doesn't open up again until October, but I'm taking discovery calls in late September for October because I have to basically weed out um those people who are not a match to work with me um so nevertheless again schedule you can schedule the discovery call for late september to be considered as a client in october and it's important to note that i only take on a certain number of clients at a time in order to best coach um i liken it to a classroom's student teacher ratio that's the educator part of me. But um, what that what does that example mean? Well, the more students to a teacher, the less devotion that teacher can truly have on each individual student. That's one of the main differences between public and private school, for example. I've worked as an educator in some of the worst public school systems where there may have been over 20 students to one teacher. I think one time... I had a class with like 28 students and it was just me. When a private school in that same district may have had around 10 students to one teacher. And the difference in attention to each of those student needs was clear between the two. Like you'll see when the student teacher ratio is smaller that those students may excel more because what they have more attention being paid to them individually. Therefore, I like to keep my um, client coach ratio healthy, just to give you an example in other terms. So you might want to submit your form to get on the waiting list now 
Otherwise, once I announce openings, you'll be behind a long list of waiting list inquiries and possibly have to wait again for a number of months. Now, my coaching is for serious inquiries only. One of the challenges I face with a husband who has a platform is that some people think my form gives them access to my husband. So they want to use coaching as a stepping stone to get to him or get their music or productions or whatever else to him. Please do not do this. You're getting in the way of people who truly need my help. Another challenge includes some people using that inquiry form or just the coaching opportunity itself to network with me or to seek my friendship. And while the sentiment is, you know, could be considered nice, again, my coaching is serious work not to be confused with an opportunity to network or become my friend. I've spent countless hours, money, trainings, essay writing, dissertation, counseling practicum, blood, sweat, and tears for my degrees and certifications. When you use my coaching inquiry form as a stepping stone to my husband, um, some opportunistic networking or to try and become a friend, what you're really doing is overlooking the sacrifice and obedience I endured to earn my degrees, certifications, and experience. And it's just not the way to do things. So please don't do that. A lot of other helpers, counselors, coaches, or what have you don't have to face these same hurdles I have to face when it comes to, you know, what I just talked about because their circumstance isn't similar to what I've stated. So I have to actually weed out people who are not really seeking coaching or who have no intent to do that hard work required in coaching with me. Thus, there are parameters in place to handle the weed, so to speak, and make way for the quote unquote flowers, if you will. I'll let that sit with you. It'll, if you don't get it, let it, let it catch up and sink in. Um, but if you have a serious inquiry, please visit zarahairston.com slash coach me to submit that inquiry for a free 15 minute discovery call, which again will be scheduled for some time in September to be considered for a client in October as I have no availability until October. I also leave the link in the episode description. Last but not least, if you love my relationship quotes, as a matter of fact, let me read you a few of last month's quotes posted on Patreon. Uh, one quote says, they want their world their way. That toxic behavior is not because of you, but because of their entitlement. Another quote says, toxic behavior should be exposed, not submitted to. And another one says, some people keep hurting you. And this one I shared on the ta- my community tab on YouTube. Um, but for the most part, the quotes are reserved exclusively for, for patrons. But anyway, it was, it reads, some people keep hurting you because you won't confront them. 
others because you do both are toxic keyword hurt you hurting you um if you want more of or you want to start getting my relationship quotes to encourage remind support inspire and beyond i no longer post them on instagram and have made my relationship quotes exclusive to truth tribe patrons why because I'm often looking for ways to give those people who support my content something that isn't for everybody and it's just for them. So consider becoming a Truth Tribe patron for as little as a dollar a month to get those weekly quotes plus a few other perks depending on the tier that you select. Then all you have to do is make sure your Patreon, uh, Patreon notifications are turned on so in addition to the exclusive patron dashboard, those posts will also go right to your email address. You won't even have to worry about signing into Patreon because some of y'all like, I don't need another account to sign into. You won't have to do that to view them if you prefer not to. Just make sure you also check your spam and tell your inbox it's not spam in case they go there. My relationship quotes are vital reminders for those constantly tempted to deny or accept mistreatment so if you're someone who's you know constantly kind of like being tempted to just deny what's really in your face those quotes would be vital for you because they there be great reminders for you so join my truth tribe on patreon it's not even a penny a day to join and you can become a patron today by using the link in the description or it's patreon.com slash truth tribe i believe i could be wrong but the link is in the description with me um moving episodes to second and fourth fridays that's also a way to stay engaged in between episodes now the lie we're going to deal with in this episode is that's not really abuse and this is part one of a few parts because each part will deal with a different type of abuse. And some of you are like, please stop saying that word abuse. Because when you hear that word, you might think of something extreme like rape or bloody evil. Things like an emergency medical visit for sexual tears or blue black marks on the body are evident. But sometimes abuse is less obvious, but still abuse. Sometimes abuse is less obvious, but still abuse. Sometimes abuse is less obvious and more subtle. So subtle, people can't tell it's abuse unless they get close enough to it. And it extends beyond sexual and physical to include emotional, verbal, sexual, yes, even in marriage, financial, social, spiritual, and more. One common factor in abuse of any kind is a pattern. That's why I often, when I talk, work on my clients, I, I encourage them, like, look at the patterns don't listen to the words, look at the patterns of the person. This is how you can set appropriate boundaries to keep yourself out of unhealthy relationships. Trauma in childhood is so common. 
we often don't realize it's the very thing destroying who we are as adults. To move past it, we have to go back to where it began. It came to pass, book one, in the beginning. Visit itcametopass.com for more information. That's it came the number two pass.com. Don't believe the words more than you believe the patterns. Look at what the person does constantly over a period of time, not just what they say. If what they say and what they do is conflicting, we got a problem. There's probably abuse somewhere, probably toxicity somewhere. A pattern back to what I was saying, is where um, when it comes to abuse, the pattern that I'm talking about is when someone uses intimidation, manipulation, violence, fear, or other mistreatment to control another person. And so a lot of times people just think when they hear the word violence and fear, abuse stops there but no manipulation is abusive intimidation is abusive other forms of mistreatment whatever they may be if it is used to control you it's abusive and whether you see physical evidence of the abuse or not it can cause serious trauma both seen and unseen you know, you'll, you'll find yourself asking yourself why you're behaving in certain ways. Why do you see life the way you see it? Why do you pick certain relationships over and over again? A lot of times there's been trauma from someone abusing you. And the harder ones to identify for people who are not aware of the idea that abuse can be unseen is the fact that it's unseen. You know, you don't, you don't often see when someone hurts your heart in a physical sense, but the behaviors that spew out of that experience are physical actions that can verify it. But often you know, we just, we just don't know, you know, no one's really talked to us about these things. We've grown up in homes where it was, um, normal. And so if that's all I know, why would I think it was abusive? You know what I'm saying? You know, you might go into another home and you're like, whoa, that's so different from how I grew up, or that's so different from how my mom treated me, or that's so different from how my husband treats me. Um, you know, I don't know what that world is like. This is all I know. And because that's all I know, I thought it was fine. You know, I've talked to so many people, um, even myself at one time, when I started my initial journey into counseling and therapy and stuff like that. And I went to one of my first sessions. I won't say my first session because it took me like three or four before I found the right person because y'all every I'm going to say this again and I've said it a number of times just because somebody has a degree or a title or a practice or an office does not mean they are equipped you have to make sure and be in prayer about being led to the right person because everybody is just not equipped to help you and so the 
first time I had to go to therapy, I went to three different people and I didn't even know it was just something in me. Now I know the Ruach saying, "Uh uh-uh, you don't have to go to the first person you see. Uh Uh-uh, you ain't got to go to the second person you see. Uh Uh-uh, ain't third person ain't it. And then it was like, I think the fourth person, either the third or fourth person where I was like, okay, this is a fit for me. She just really helped me realize that what I thought was normal was actually dysfunction. And I was like, it is. And it was like the clouds moved out of the way and I saw the sun. It was like, oh, like that moment. Like, oh, I I always thought this was wrong, but no one ever told me this was wrong. In fact, everybody told me it was right, you know, where I come from. But I digress. Um, anyway, many key characteristics that identify an abuser are found in Galatium, which is the Hebrew word for Galatians, which I could be saying wrong, but, um, chapter five, verse 19 through 24 in the Sefer version says, now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these adultery, fornication, uncleanness lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft. Yes, y'all, witchcraft is real. Hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, meaning there are more anything that's like this or near this or similar to this of the which I tell you before as I have also told you in time past that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of Elohim these people like this with these characteristics do not belong to the kingdom of Elohim now if you've gotten drunk before Like when I was in college, I got drunk. When I was in high school, I got drunk before, but I'm not a drunkard. Um, Have I envied someone before? I have, but is that a lifestyle that I live? No. So there's a difference between someone who willfully is this way with a pattern of behavior that demonstrate this constantly with no repentance and someone who's done some of these things here, someone who's done some of these things before, there are people who have committed adultery, but it's, we're not, we can't say that they won't inherit the kingdom of Elohim if they've repented and they've turned, which is turning away from that way and becoming a new being. So when you hear that list, just keep in the back of your mind there's a difference between making a lifestyle of these characteristics and whether you've done something before on the list um the opposite of abuse is shown where the passage continues and it reads but the fruit of the ruach the ruach kakodesh is love joy peace long-suffering And some of y'all get confused on long suffering. So make sure you go back and listen to some of my prior episodes on this podcast that deal with what is truly long suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meek, 
temperance against such there is no law put in place and they that are yahusha hamashiachs have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts so if you truly belong to the most high you are crucifying the flesh because it has some serious affections and lusts that need to be crucified daily if you are someone that don't do that you're probably abusing somebody else let's just be real because uncrucified flesh is the definition of an abuser like you're going to abuse other people now when we read um some of those ugly sounding words like witchcraft and murderers we may think again of abuse and extremes and dismiss the more subtle acts involved in abusive behavior. So let's use some layman terms. Examples of abuse in relationship, and that's of any kind, from friendship and family to romantic or religious setting, work environment, etc., might include you having to overwork yourself to the point of burnout and your health is or has begun to fade away in order to keep that relationship, ministry, or work role. Otherwise, you lose the relationship or role. You're constantly bullied into giving up any spare time in order to prove your loyalty. And if you don't, you're shamed for it. Um, I knew... I know of one person in my past that, you know, every time their spouse needed something done, if they didn't jump and do it, no matter what else they had already been doing or, you know, were in the midst of planning, they had to stop. So, for example, if this person was home cleaning up the house and getting the children ready for bed, but the other spouse was like, I'm coming and I got company and I want you to bake some brownies and cookies from scratch by the time I get there in an hour and also set up the room upstairs for them that is full of, you know, all the junk that we don't have nowhere to put, clean that room out for them. Like, and I'll be there in two hours and that person would do it. <laughs> and I would just be like, this wasn't a client, someone I personally knew. And I would just be like, um, no, I'm going to need you to say, um, I'm in the middle of getting the kids ready for bed. You got to give me a little more notice than that. Um, but they didn't do that. They would break their necks and their backs and then wonder why their hands would tremble the next day, why they felt, um, like they were having, um, panic attacks or anxiety attacks because they were moving at such a rapid, unpredictable pace because of the expectations of their spouse, their body couldn't take it. They physically would show signs of it so in cases like that a person might feel like they can't leave the relationship change jobs or roles or they'll miss out and even be in sin and the abuser knows that because they set it up that way so they might believe no one else will want them or that they can't succeed outside of them or that setting and so they stay in that cycle until either they make a new choice or they get run down to the ground or end up in a hospital with a nervous breakdown or some health condition. 
Another example includes being used for gain through lying and manipulation. So someone might abuse you as, say, a donor or a supporter when all they do is lie and manipulate to get more and more money out of you on deceitful grounds. A lot of people say pastors do this. They, you know, lie and manipulate people to get more money in the in the collection plate. They lie and, you know, use certain uh, tactics to get people to tithe in a certain way that is really you know not of the most high to ensure they'll have a certain amount of money every week or month um and it's just it's on deceitful grounds or another example which i've never seen absent in any abuser every abuser i've experienced had this abusive characteristic from work to family like it could be a parent with a with an adult child to church and beyond and that's a distorted view of respect and that's because most abusers feel respect should automatically be given to them whether they actually deserve it or not as opposed to being earned i mean it's a lot like hashatan or who some people call satan um I mean, this dude just is like, oh my gosh, what's the word? Um, um, would obsessed with quote unquote respect, just oh my gosh, and that characteristic is in people who don't crucify the flesh. And I'm not talking about simple respect for being being a human. I'm talking about an excessive, again, like I said, distorted view of respect they outright demand allegiance as proof of your allegiance to them or the company or the church even to quote-unquote god or you're just this unfaithful non-committed disloyal traitor in their eyes so if you even try to step outside of their spoken and even often unspoken rules You'll be shamed into compliance. Um, what does it mean to be shamed into compliance? They might say, you're not smart. You don't know the word like I know it, or you don't know this company like I know it, or you don't um, belong in this family like you think you belong. And then they they think, and often not just think, they are successful if you are not uh, aware of what they're doing in getting you to comply whatever they want you to do if if a husband wants a wife to have sex when she doesn't want to because she feels disrespected or she doesn't feel safe because he's cheating and sleeping around and having unprotected sex he might shame her and use the word and say you are supposed to give your body belongs to me you're not supposed to deny me and then she'll sleep with him anyway even though she doesn't want to and may get a disease or whatever or just or just feel you know um you know, like she's been raped because she didn't want to do it. Um, That happens, but the compliance happened out of shame, shaming someone into something. You and others don't matter. They are the center of the relationship, the ministry or the company, and it all needs to remain entirely dependent on one person to hold the place together. No, not ya, them. It all needs to revolve around them. 
And if it doesn't, they rather it all fail and fall. Yeah, like if it can't be about them, then let it die. Let it fall. Let it fail. I don't care who, you know, that hurts. If I can't have it this way, then I'd rather it all, you know, just fall apart. And these type of people also usually chase after money at any cost and even at the expense of the very people they're supposed to love or lead. An additional example includes having burdens placed on you to behave or perform a certain way in which your partner or family member or a leader or boss does not follow themselves in order for you to uphold their deceitful appearances. So they might constantly enforce their expectations on you while having no integrity themselves, willfully participating in addictive or sinful behaviors and or living a double lifestyle behind closed doors. They want everyone to think one way about them and for you to pretend for them in the same way, despite what you know to really be true or else. How's it going so far? In the midst of that toxic relationship you might be dealing with, whether it's your parent, spouse, coworker, family member, whoever it may be, is this podcast filling you up with strength and encouragement to face it with a healthier outlook? Do you want to show your support? If so, I just wanted to stop for a moment and remind you that you can support this free podcast when you order from my shop, send a gift, or become a monthly patron. Your support not only helps you, but others, including myself. So if you find value in my content and it helps you grow, please consider showing your support. Find the links in the episode description. Thanks so much for your consideration. Now back to the episode. See, when you lay out a few of the characteristics in that way, as opposed to just reading the scripture on a surface level, it's clear abuse is not always dramatically evident, but can also be very subtle. And I hope you're starting to develop more awareness around this subject through this podcast episode, because often when we struggle with things like anxiety or depression or defeat, hopelessness, anger, even fatigue, the last thing we think is linked to is abuse. And while you may not realize or accept the presence of abuse, your realization or acceptance of abuse does not define whether abuse is present. Just because you don't see or want to see it does not mean it's not there. Over the next few episodes, I'm going to give a different type of abuse its own episode. And we'll start with spiritual abuse. What is it? How do you know you're in it? Is spiritual abuse just at church? Or can you experience spiritual abuse outside of church, like in your home or family? What can you do once you accept it is spiritual abuse? We'll deal with that type of abuse, that is spiritual abuse, first in part two, the next episode. Until then, think on some of the characteristics we've already talked about and ask yourself whether you see them in your home, work environment, family, friendships, religious or spiritual circles, and so on. 
listen, I know everyone is guilty of abuse at some level. We might abuse another's grace, abuse our or someone else's time, abuse money, abuse food even. Everyone, including myself, falls short of what Yah would have us do. And it's only because of and in Yahusha that we can be cleansed from any unrighteousness. But there's a difference between a repentant heart who sometimes falls short and a consistently unrepentant abuser who may fake repentance only to gain more control. But that's another story. We want to set appropriate boundaries with abusers And I know that might still feel like a strong word for some people. And y'all want to say, you know, not nice or, um, you know, uh, uh, someone who mistreats me or um, what else do we like to say? A sinner saved by grace or um, a person who's trying and you just got to see the best and look for the best and look for the good and and all those nice words. And we don't want to just use the word abuser. We want to set appropriate boundaries with abusers so we don't continue to be abused and mistreated. Otherwise, we live a lie, enable them to live a lie. And both of us, or all of us even, because sometimes it affects those around us, suffer all of the consequences that come with it. Do you really want life and life more abundantly like you say? Because after all, what kind of love abuses the life, the true life right out of you? Remember, Love doesn't lie or expect you to live one. I'm Zara Hairston sending you the comfort of truth. Do you need more individualized support to identify, overcome, and prevent toxic attachments? Your need and my expertise might just be a match. Go to ZaraHairston.com slash coach me to find out. Yeah, bless. Thanks for enjoying this podcast.